Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. We have a long history of UFOs, and of course, there's been a lot more activity in the last uh, few decades since uh, uh, we invented the atomic bomb, and uh, they're very concerned about, uh, about that and the fact that uh, we might use it again. And because the whole cosmos is a unity, and it affects not just us, but other people in the cosmos, they're uh, very much afraid that we might be stupid enough to uh, start using atomic weapons again, and this would be very bad for us and uh, for them as well. The first question you have to ask is how many species are there? And uh, I used to think there were, you know, between two and 12. And uh, Apollo astronaut um, uh, Edgar Mitchell, who came to Toronto a, a few years ago and had dinner with us, <clears throat> agreed there was somewhere between two and 12. Greetings, Hushtillians. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike, and as always, we're joined by our one true star god, Slick Frank Sanders. Ah! What's up? How you doing? Very well. Very it's well. going. Nice and toasty. Yeah, yeah, a little moist. Very warm. Like a fucking toaster strudel. Hushlings, have we been visited by extraterrestrials from the distant past? Have they influenced our society or culture, our environment? or even biology? Is there more than one kind? And if so, do they still exist on Earth? Ancient astronaut theorists question, what exactly is the agenda and how are they working towards it? We talk about possible extraterrestrial species, abductions, genetic testing, government knowledge, ancient beliefs, and how humanity might respond to aliens. But before we terraform, invade, and enslave a planet, be sure to check us out on all our social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. As always, you can also check out our Discord. Join over there and you will be able to watch X-Files with us every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, for anything and everything Hush Hush Society, visit www.hushhushsociety.com. Yeah, like Mike just mentioned, we've got the website. You should definitely take a stroll by. It's got everything Hush Hush Society that you could possibly ask for. We've got a blog section with more conspiracies that we haven't touched on in our audio debriefings or our video debriefings. We've got the link to the merch shop. You can leave a rating and a review right there on the website. You've got all of our audio on there. Great place. Definitely should stop on by. Take a stroll. Also, there we have our link to our Patreon, which has extra segments. You can catch all audio extras. Join today for a measly $5 a month at www.patreon.com forward slash hush hush society. You guys watch Ancient Aliens? Yeah, I just got through season one. Many seasons to go. What are they on? Season 16 or something like that? I've got a plan to get the entire script of the very first episode tattooed on my back. <laughs> That's the plan. 
Now, some may call this the ancient alien theory. While we will be mentioning the theory itself, we here at the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour do not want to probe just one hole. We want all the holes. We want to get into every crevasse of this theory, every nook and cranny. But first, we must determine if we have been visited in the past, present, or in the future, and who is possibly visiting us. According to SETI, there might be as few as 36 civilizations. Only, only 36. Or as many as a thousand. That's a lot of races. 36 is enough. That's enough races for you? 36, <laughs> that's, that's 30, more 36, 36 alien races. How many did you guys think there would be? Probably like three. Two of them are Nazis. Who are some of the candidates for these extraterrestrial or extra whatever beings. According to various UFO whistleblowers and experts, they're already here, living on Earth, with well-established networks of human support. Well, in this debriefing, we're going to be asking ourselves many different questions, Hushlings. Greys, or more commonly known as Zeta Reticulans, from the Zeta Reticuli, which is a mere 39 light years away, or Roswell aliens. They're more frequently the subject of claimed close encounters and in particular abduction instances, which we'll get into later. Greys can vary in size, but they are typically described as human-like with small bodies, smooth gray-colored skin, gigantic hairless melon-type heads, and large black eyes. They tend to communicate using some sort of telepathy, and they seem to be neither good or nefarious. They sit in this weird gray area. (laughs) One of the most prominent abduction cases is the case of Betty and Barney Hill, which occurred in New Hampshire in 1961, which popularized the gray alien. We have been asking all the way since our eighth debriefing, where the hell is Delcy? The wiener dog just went missing. Dude. The aliens needed to get their hands on the glizzy dog. What's the biggest thing that you think of with Greys, other than Betty and Barney Hill and Roswell? Um, Fire in the Sky and South Park. Pretty much every abduction story ever. Yeah, I mean, there there are abduction stories that include other different types of species of aliens, but the majority of them tend to have something to do with the Greys, for sure. The Greys and the anal probe, right? Yeah, yeah, the big metal doohickus going up into cavities where it doesn't belong. Moving on to another civilization that we have talked about before. If you've caught us in one of our exclusive debriefings in the Zone of Silence, we mentioned these possible beings, also known as the Nordics or the Plaharan. And these are also humanoid extraterrestrials who resemble Nordic Scandinavians. They are said to be from the Pleiades, which is the Seven Sisters, which is not a mere 39 light years, but a whopping 444 light years away. That's quite far. According to contactees, they're six to seven feet tall, so they definitely play basketball, have long blonde hair, blue eyes, and a pale complexion. Could these be the watchers that we've spoken about before from the Bible? Possible. In the mid-1950s, ufologist George Adamski was among the first to report contact with Nordic aliens. Were the Nazis in contact with this species, maybe because these extraterrestrial visitors possessed, quote, Aryan racial attributes? I believe we can argue that it is unlikely because of their peaceful nature versus Nazis. Well, the Nazis probably thought they were being peaceful too. 
You think so? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. I know. I think they knew damn well what they're doing. Yeah, I would say the Nordics are probably not the race that helped them. Yeah, yeah. If anything, reptilians. That makes it sound like that the Nazis sought out this race. If these aliens came up to Adolf Hitler and were like, hey, we're your perfect images of beings. Can we help you out? That just doesn't really seem right. Because I don't think the Pleiades is in any Nazi occult lore or anything like that. So I could be wrong, but I doubt it. Unless, of course, they were using Nazis as proxies to do something that they themselves wouldn't or couldn't do. It's not their planet. Something they couldn't get involved in. You do the dirty work. I mean, realistically, where did Hitler get the idea for Aryans in the first place? He wasn't an Aryan. His family wasn't a bunch of Aryans. Yeah. Where did that idea come from? Had to come from somewhere. Which would make them a prime candidate in that aspect. Now, of course, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there are those who may be more malevolent. Reptilians, also known as reptoids, lizard people, you name it, draconians, there's tons and tons of names. They tend to be a little bit more telepathic and hostile to the human race. They're very prevalent in fantasy, science fiction, ufology, and many conspiracy theories. And if you're not familiar with the conspiracy theory aspect of it, we've discussed many aspects of the reptilian conspiracy in prior episodes. Yes, one of them being David Icke, who we had on, who thinks, quote, shape-shifting reptile aliens govern Earth by taking on human form and obtaining political power as these entities possess many international leaders like the Rothschilds, the Bush family, and the British royal family to influence human cultures as well as controlling our souls and minds, which is something that we talked about the soul prison and the Saturn moon matrix. Won't go into it right now, but look it up. Have you ever seen a really convincing video of an alleged reptilian shapeshifter? Like one that you were sold on? The only ones that are really compelling, I don't even know if you can say compelling, but the ones that really get you is the eye thing. When you see them blink once and then the eye changes to a vertical pupil, like a cat. I like the video of Hillary Clinton giving birth to an egg through her mouth into her into her glass during the debates. <laughs> I think the most convincing one that I saw, I'm not sure if the woman was like the wife of a politician or she was a politician or something of the sort. You've probably seen the video. She's a brunette and they got a real close up of her neck area and you could see her skin was almost like translucent and underneath you could see muscles moving and whatnot it was very almost scaly very Mm. weird and then she turned her head and there were a couple times where her eyes got into that like vertical dilation thing like you said like cat eyes or like reptile eyes gecko eyes now i don't know if these videos i'm sure there's plenty of these videos that are doctored or altered but if that one wasn't that one is easily the best one out there According to Flat Earthers, it's all doctored. It's all fake. Everything ever shot on a camera isn't real. Which would make sense if a reptilian soul-sucking life force was here keeping us prison. I guess it would make sense for them to not, for the elite to all have the complete control. 
I know what you're getting at, and I was actually just having a conversation last night with my brother-in-law about how dozens and dozens and dozens of conspiracies are intertwined and interconnected in ways that you would never imagine. And flat earth and reptilians, that's a big one. They almost, they go hand in hand. You can't really have one without the other, in my opinion. Like, if flat earth were to be a thing, it would have to be because of the reptilians, in my opinion. And if reptilians were a thing, that would give a little bit more validity to flat earth. We also kind of spoke about that when we did our Hollow Moon episode where we talked about the possibility of the Earth being a prison planet and it would make more sense if it was a prison planet to have a flat planed planet. Mm -hmm. But then if we were on a prison planet, I don't know if it technically would be a planet at that point. So maybe just like a vast terrarium. Yeah. And they are watching us from the watchtowers of the moon. How the tables have turned. We put reptiles in terrariums, and reptiles put us in terrariums. <laughs> put us in a giant terrarium. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan's directing this whole thing for us. Oh, <laughs> this definitely seems like the reality we could be living in. Big question is, though, could all these beings be interdimensional? An interdimensional being also an extra-dimensional, hyper-dimensional, suggests an entity that can travel through time and space and move out of the physical body into a spiritual one or one's mental being, controlling all senses. Actually, there was something recently where scientists had pretty much said that if we did have extraterrestrials visiting us, that they were most likely interdimensionals and they were traveling at the speed of light throughout the galaxy because they themselves are made of light energy. That would make a lot of sense. Would that explain like psychedelic, super high psychedelic experiences for some people? Uh, definitely could. But like aside from psychedelics with most of those Navy pilots with all that stuff coming out, a lot of those Navy pilots report those craft just coming out of nowhere. Like they're doing their routine, they're you know, doing their thing, and then all of a sudden something pops up on their radar that just wasn't there. It literally just appears out of nowhere. That suggests a portal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So do you think instead of, like, the queen being a reptilian herself, like when Mike was saying that one person where you can almost see translucent gills or, like, muscle, could that be that human being having this interdimensional being manifest almost like a demonic possession i guess and in, get inside them and that's the movement you're seeing maybe that human being doesn't even realize it but there has to be a physical aspect of it if we're seeing retinas change and, and pupils change and weird morphology of the face and then even just some behaviors that you see from some of these people we are talking about interdimensionals and from everything that i've read reptilians operate on a fourth dimensional plane so they're a dimension above us and this is why they can't physically interact with us which is why they proxy greys to interact with us because greys are on the same dimensional plane as humans so what they do is pretty much hire or mercenary out the greys to abduct us and perform all these tests on us and whatever it may be, observe us 
And even in Len Caston's book, he talks about how the Greys are kind of the prison transport to off-world sites where they bring humans. And they create these slave colonies and the reptilians are feeding off of that negative energy as they always do, whether it be on Earth or on other planets. And they can't physically interact with us because of the dimensional change. But like you're saying, is there a possibility that they're interacting with the energy in our bodies, which exists outside of a physical plane, outside of a physical dimension? And then it's manifesting either on video or whatever, maybe because video has a certain frequency of light waves to it also, and that's how we're seeing it. How many people have seen in person or how many people have you heard of having an experience in person with another human being where they say, oh, I saw their eyes switch. You know, I saw their eyes go from human eyes to reptilian eyes. There's not many of those people out there saying that, but there are a lot of video evidence or evidence. I'll put it in quotes. So I wonder if the light within the television, within the camera, within whatever you're seeing through that optical lens is changing everything. I didn't think about the camera actually providing the trick. No, kind of mind blowing. We also need to take into consideration ultra terrestrial beings. Dave, what the fuck is an ultra terrestrial? Ultra terrestrial would be something that's of earth. Admiral Byrd, whoever he contacted or allegedly contacted would have be considered an ultra terrestrial. I think that's like this really weird coincidence that there's this age old tale of these tunnel systems underneath LA where reptilians might be dwelling. And then you have the boring company spearheaded by Elon Musk, a very uh, large figurehead in the world right now, putting more tunnels underneath oh, the, LA. the the alien himself yeah 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 the alien i don't know i just thought that was kind of weird and lastly could these grays or nordics possibly be humans from the future or even the distant past suggesting they may be traveling through time instead of traveling through dimensions i would say if there's anything anything from the three that we mentioned the big three i guess you could say i would say there's got to be something going on between at least two of these races like mike had said the greys are like the workers of or the mercs of the draconians but are the nordics on the opposite side is there an actual like interspecies war that's going on which is mentioned in ancient text too which we'll touch on later and i read this in one of graham hancock's books where the god that was there was a long blonde haired blue-eyed white person that was like six or seven feet tall and appeared and that's one of the entities that they encountered hundreds and hundreds of years ago could that be a nordic could it have just been one of christopher columbus's men (laughs) and he tricked them he's just wearing a white cloak probably not glowing like gandalf i keep bringing up len caston's book mostly because he really dives into this and he dives into the secret space program and the dark fleet but what he says about the pleadians is that The Pleiadians and the Draconians were in some sort of scuffle, war, battle, whatever it may be. The Pleiadians then created the humans, 
put us on the third dimension so that we would not be attacked and killed by draconians physically. And the reason that we were held in such high regard by Pleiadians is that we held a certain DNA strand within us that was important to the Pleiadians, and the Draconians wanted to do that. They wanted to kill us off in order to kill off Pleiadians and kill us off to take over the planet. Interesting book. You should read it. There's also one thing we don't really touch on too much would be the Anunnaki. There's a lot of parallels with the Anunnaki and a lot of reptilian stuff. I don't know if you guys have made that correlation before. Listeners don't know who the Anunnaki are. They came, what was it, 300,000 years ago or something like that. And I think Zachariah Stitchin really made this popular. And I think some of it might even be his own doing. Mind you, he did lots of psychedelics. In ancient Sumeria, they're supposed to be the gods that came and brought knowledge and civilization and everything. According to Zachariah Sitchin, they came from their planet Nibiru. They used us as a slave species to mine gold to reline their atmosphere with gold. And they're coming back. Which, if that was an agenda, you got it right there. You might as well just give us the pickaxe and start hauling gold out. Gold is a very important metal. Highly conductive. Italians love it. <laughs> gold? Gold is a very interesting alloy. Gold can break down finer than any other metal. You can take a tiny chunk of gold and smash it into smithereens small enough to coat your kitchen table entirely. Gold does some crazy shit, and I can see why people could have the idea that these advanced civilizations might be lining their atmosphere with the stuff and might be utilizing humans to mine up this alloy for them because it does happen to be very special in terms of how it's made over generations and generations of the earth doing its thing and like dave said it has properties to it that a lot of other alloys don't that makes it very very special and one of the rarer metals i don't know the anunnaki is weird i definitely just wanted to throw that in there before we start probing our way into some abduction talk i lost my shit i was listening to rogan a couple weeks ago and he mentioned the Anunnaki, and I laughed out loud almost in, like, disgust. He said the idea of the Anunnaki and Planet X is literally like potato chips to fucking stoners. Like, once you start going into it, you just can't fucking stop. And I only laughed because it's very true. When I found out about that stuff, I could not stop looking into it. I was obsessed. I was obsessed. If one or all of these species are visiting our planet or our plane of existence, then who is responsible for the abduction phenomenon? Not only just the greys, there are maybe not abduction cases, but EBE cases where you're where people have seen lizard people standing over their beds. And then I don't know if you guys ever seen the pictures of the three claw like fingers where they had to use a black light to see it on the walls above their beds. No, I haven't seen that. They look like looks like dinosaur print up on the headboard or something. If you were you're a ninja turtle and you put your hand on somebody's bedpost. Generally it's the greys that are associated with alien abduction, as we mentioned. And there are thousands of documented accounts. One such extremely well known experience was with Travis Walton. Please, Travis, please come on the show. On November 5th of 1975, Walton was working with a logging crew in the Apache National Forest near Snowflake, Arizona. 
While traveling in a truck with six of his colleagues, they apparently saw a saucer-shaped object hovering above the ground about a hundred feet, emitting a high-pitched buzz. Walton states that when he exited the truck and approached the object, a beam of light from the craft appeared and knocked him unconscious. His co-workers, who were rather spineless, they were shook and drove away as soon as they saw this beam of light knock their friend to the ground. Walton stated he awoke in a hospital-like setting, being watched by three small, hairless aliens. They're so pure. No hair. <laughs> like a young, taut Swedish boy. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the best chocolate in the world is made by hairless children. <laughs> sued by Toblerone. Dude, I would love to be sued by my favorite chocolate company. I would love that. That chocolate fucking slaps. Walton claimed that he resisted them, and a human wearing a helmet brought Walton to another room where he then passed out again, and three other people placed a transparent plastic mask over his face. Walton claims he recalls nothing until five days later. And he just showed up on the side of the road five days later. I think he was like 30 miles away from where he originally was or something. It's very strange. That's a lot of time. The distance not too, too long. Could you have covered about 30 miles in five days on foot? You probably could have covered that in two days. Yeah. Travis Walton was a younger man, I think, at this time. And a lumberjack, mind you, in pristine physical fucking form. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't think about that. All of his co-workers who witnessed the event and the spaceship underwent polygraph tests. All of them passed, except for one, which was inconclusive. I bet you that guy just came in, like, on something that day. And they were like... Or he could have just been super-duper nervous. Could have been. I mean... Are polygraphs 100% accurate? No. Mm, no. They're close, too. They even came in and saw it, and there was quite a few co-workers there, so something definitely happened to this guy. That's why we need to talk to him. Susan Clancy, a cognitive psychologist, stated that Walton was affected by the NBC television movie The UFO Incident, which portrayed Barney and Betty Hill's extraterrestrial abduction allegations and ironically aired two weeks before his own alleged abduction. Interesting correlation there. She says that Walton was affected or essentially made it up in his head because he had seen this thing about Betty and Barney Hill's abduction. In the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, their psychologist also said something similar, saying that Betty, for weeks leading up, had been watching this sci-fi show about aliens. Was it the movie Invaders from Outer Space? Something similar, or maybe it might have been a TV show or something that was showing, but things that she had watched, and that had made her believe that she was abducted. It is kind of interesting. They used the same argument for Travis Walton that they used with Betty and Barney Hill. The ETs in the Betty and Barney Hill incident, they were dressed like 1920s Chicago White Sox. They were dressed like <laughs> humans, like we said before. <laughs> Travis Walton didn't say that they were wearing baseball caps on this ship, but he said that they were people. I don't know. I think it's a good way to discredit everybody just to be like, well, Independence Day just came out. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He's losing his shit. Yeah, for sure. But did his six colleagues also watch that? <laughs> 
did all of them see that too two weeks before this happened also think of how ridiculous that is to say it's 1975 there were a ton of sci-fi movies and shows that were out in the 70s if he watched a half an hour tv show all of a sudden he's making up his abduction story it never really made sense to me to blame them watching a movie or a tv show on what they experienced it does make me wonder was travis walton married That's a good question. What I'm getting at here is from what I've been told and from what I've seen, the workers, they were friends. It was a friend group. Me bringing it back down to earth. Is there more of an earthly reason as to why Travis Walton disappeared for five days? And could the ufo abduction story be something that was covering for why travis walton was gone for five days are you suggesting he might have been having relationship issues or he might have been having an affair but this is based on him being married i don't know his relationship status and obviously i am playing devil's advocate as i usually enjoy doing thank you Yeah, no, for sure. My only dispute to any sort of earthly reason why they might have tried to cover this up with, say, an alien abduction is that these six guys were under investigation for the murder of Travis Walton for five days. The sheriff's department was convinced that these guys had killed Travis Walton at one Mm -hmm. point. And if that were the case, I, I think if you were looking a jail sentence in the eyes, like, all right, maybe we should stop covering up for our buddy and just tell the cops where he is. Unless, of course, they knew that he would be back in a few days either way. You don't get caught out for murder, especially when you know that guy is going to come back. Are any of these colleagues around? Because it'd be interesting to talk to one of them, too, because think about how shocking that would be, though. They took radiation samples in these woods where the craft allegedly hovered and took Travis and there is like radiation on these trees and on the ground around where this craft allegedly held up their spot. I'm sure something happened. I would say this is probably one of the most in-depth documented cases. Like this guy's interviews, if anybody's listened to them, this guy's interviews, they're pretty horrific. Some of the things that he talks about, it's fucking scary, but it goes along with a lot of other typical gray abduction cases where people are actually remembering these things. I don't know if it's very typical, though. If you've ever watched A Fire in the Sky. Mm-hmm. Isn't his wife in that? Doesn't she star in that? I don't know. If you've seen Fire in the Sky, that's a fucking terrifying abduction movie. Yep. And there are certain tropes within that that exist, obviously science fiction tropes that exist but there's also like we were just talking about the transparent piece of cloth or whatever that was put over his face that whole scene in that movie is out fucking rageous and terrifying there are certain things that he talks about and i had seen a bunch of interviews with him obviously if you're a rogan fan you've seen him on rogan and he told his whole story about fighting back and how he escaped and how he got off it really is a wild story if there is parts of that story that are fabricated then this man should have been a science fiction writer this entire time now he is he's kind of a star he's definitely a star within the ufology community i mean they made a movie 
Yeah, they made a movie about him. There were books written about him. There, He's been on podcasts. He's been on TV. He's the most well-known abductee, definitely. I mean, Paramount Pictures picked it up, and they made $19.9 million on that movie. Hushlings, we will return in a moment. Greetings, Hushlings. Happy Hushtober. Join the boys as we venture inside Charles Manson's head. We stumble across 10050 Cielo Drive and investigate the Tate LaBianca murders, as well as the cult that led to the heinous scene. We delve into his problematic life, as well as rumors that Manson was experimented on and given substances like LSD and acid, eventually becoming engaged in a program run by the CIA after MKUltra. You don't want to miss Debriefing 58, Charles Manson, Inside the Mind and CIA Links. Streaming everywhere, Monday, October 3rd. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Let's talk about our friend Whitley Schreiber. Please come on the show, Whitley Schreiber. Yes, please. <laughs> In 1987, he published his first nonfiction book, Communion, which detailed his encounter with non-human aliens who kidnapped him from his cottage in upstate New York on the evening of December 26th, 1985. Mm, scary Merry Christmas. Shit. Late, a yeah. late Christmas present right there, huh? I'm actually rereading Communion right now, and... I have to say transformation for me was a little bit more frightening, but communion is it's freaky. I got to reread that. I haven't read that book since I was like 13. Whitley refers to the beings as the visitors, a name intended to be sounding as neutral as possible. He goes into ever more detail of some of his experiences with these visitors, some of them being extremely dramatic experiences in the novel Transformation that Dave just mentioned. In one chapter, he goes into pretty vivid detail of the craft he was on and the pain that he felt and even a city made of gold that he was taken to. Ah, uh, the Golden City. Yeah, El Dorado. Can you imagine if that was, can you imagine if that was it? <laughs> he was just taken to fucking South America in the fucking jungle. It's kind of a line to draw here, but think about Mayans and the Aztecs and their obsession with gold. Mm -hmm. And we were just talking about, a little while ago, interactions with ancient aliens in these ancient cultures. Maybe that's why those Mesoamerica groups had such an obsession with gold. And why they thought that it was a heavenly element or something made for gods. Maybe a ton of these races are working in conjunction in certain aspects when you really think about like the Anunnaki thing and then you mention like the Maya and the Aztecs and the Mesoamerican cultures that have gold in everything also the Egyptians had gold and they also had deities that they talked about that were humanoid wings heads of a bird with wings and then a humanoid body is exactly the representation of one of those Anunnaki a lot of those Aztec gods are the same they're bird-headed flying creatures Flying serpents, gods. yeah, serpents, exactly. If the sacrificial portions of some of those cultures are true, blood, blood and souls, man. There is David M. Jacobs, an abduction scientist and author of the UFO controversy in America and the threat, revealing the secret alien agenda. He explains why the aliens are here and what they want, 
and why their agenda has been kept hidden, and exposes their terrifying plans for Earth and its inhabitants in this book. So essentially the course that we're running down is talking about that there's something planned for us. I would say the anything that could be terrifying would probably be the prison planet and the harvesting of souls. What do the aliens have in store? <laughs> He's made this conclusion after performing over a thousand hypnotic regression interviews with alien abductees. We ask what species, probably dominantly gray, as we said before. Hypnotic regression, is he doing similar stuff that Bruce Goldberg was doing? Was he working with alien abductees? He didn't mention that. He had talked about past life and future life. I guess alternate versions of you in different time periods, as opposed to repressed memories. He did talk about the soul ascending, and that does go in with the Saturn moon matrix of the soul never being able to escape Earth because mm. of that. Many parallels with this. I know that the movie is entirely fabricated and fictional, but that movie, The Fourth Kind, with the hypnotic regression type uh, hypnosis sessions, dude, those scenes freak me out. And if any of those real life hypnosis sessions are anything like that, there definitely might be some sort of validity to it. I know it was loosely based off of real stuff and they would like show in the movie, there would be like side by sides of the dramatized version and the actual, but yeah, I think even the actual videos weren't actual videos. Jacobs highlights that an increasing number of abductees could be linked to rising levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. That's interesting. He does not imply a cause and effect relationship goes on to say, the abduction experiment is not to blame for global warming, it's more of a reaction to it. Extraterrestrials are developing hybrids that can withstand the rigors of a hotter planet. That goes along very much with a reptilian environment. Not to keep bringing it back to reptilians, but all these things correlate to serving a reptilian overlord or serving reptilians as bosses, pretty much. Top lizard. That's such an interesting thing. I've never heard that theory before, is that the rising level of greenhouse gases or the heating of the planet is causing more abductions or more abductions are happening because of the warming of the planet. Maybe they had to speed up the experiment. Makes sense. Yeah. If we're speeding up global warming as a whole. You're terraforming subtly terraforming and then think about 65 million years ago when dinosaurs are supposed to be around the temperatures were hotter the oxygen content way higher it wasn't a very good environment for humans as we are now to even probably survive that long ago but now think about it if it's lizards man maybe it's the dinosaurs coming back and being like fuck this shit we went underground we evolved we got arms and legs now we can shape shift and do this shit it's an interesting thought. I'm thinking to myself, if they're going to go as far as to genetically modify humans to withstand a hotter Earth, they also need to fix the issue of overpopulation and not being able to provide enough food for your little anthill of a planet. If they took that into account, they could just not genetically modify that many humans and a bunch of them would die off and that would fix overpopulation. That would fix not having enough food making viruses 
Hypothetically, this project would eliminate the need for difficult climate accords or to elaborate geoengineering projects by creating a new model of the Homo sapiens. I think genetic modification is definitely a big part of it. With the countless abduction cases, there is the claim that these so-called beings are experimenting on humans right here on Earth. One of these that I've heard of is Dulce Base. Have you guys heard of Dulce Base? Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a multi-layered underground facility. It's the subject of a lot of conspiracy theories, but the biggest one that's claimed is that there's a jointly operated human and alien underground facility that exists under Archuleta Mesa on the Colorado-New Mexico border near the town of Dulce, obviously. That's why they call it Dulce Base. In 1988, the tabloid Weekly World News love that, published a story entitled UFO Base Found in New Mexico, which claimed that, quote, diabolical invaders from another solar system have set up a secret underground base in the rugged mountains of northern New Mexico so they can Shanghai human guinea pigs for bizarre genetic experiments. Did you guys ever read Weekly World News? You no. get into that? <laughs> Have you? Bat Boy? Oh, what? Bat Boy? For real? What are you talking about? You guys don't know what Weekly World News is? You're full of it. It's a tabloid. Yeah, it's... Dude, are you serious? What the fuck is a tabloid? What? Oh my god. You guys are ancient, man. That's the crazy shit that's at the checkout at the grocery store? They, yeah, they still have them. Yeah, they still have them. I don't know if they're in grocery stores, but they're definitely in CVS. Well, oh, 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 where they have, like, Tiny Tom Cruise caught eating quinoa. Yeah, Angelina Edition no, 55. No, no. Like, our type of stuff. Like, they, they would talk about Nostradamus, and they would talk about alien abductions. <laughs> like the Time Magazine stuff? No, 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 no. I don't know what you guys are talking weekly about. Weekly World News, man. I don't know Weekly World News is still in stores, but I'm sure it's somewhere. <laughs> Mothman ate my entire ass at a Denny's. Like that, that type of stuff. <laughs> Garden of Eden found. U.S. grows new tree from seed. They have a website too, weeklyworldnews.com. You want to know the best part about Weekly World News? You can get a free subscription. No. Let's yes. do it. I just got to pay for shipping. One thing about Dulce Base that's always gotten me, I don't know where I watched it. Maybe YouTube years ago before they tightened YouTube up. But there was this one portion where somebody said they got into the facility and it was just like staircases, like just metal staircases going down and they could hear like people screaming throughout. Oh, shit. Throughout like the halls that they were in, but they couldn't see anything. And then they saw something and they bolted out of there. But that's where I mainly heard Dulce Base that they're creating just human alien hybrids. Yeah. I wonder if that's where the back rooms are located. It isn't that far away from Denver Airport, which is supposed to be a subterranean reptilian base. Mm -hmm. And then what is it? Mount Cheyenne is not too, too far away from that, too. Dave's over here corking up the red yarn. All right. You want to save your race? You want to know about the savior race? In 2015, there was a kind of suspicious death of a man named Jeffrey Lash, whose decomposing body was found in his SUV near his home. The police working on the case were able to trace roughly 1,200 firearms found in his house along with six tons of ammunition and thousands of dollars in cash. 
Two days after Lash's death, a woman who worked for the company he worked for, Nebron, was 39-year-old Dawn Vadbunker, and she was reported missing in the town of Oxnard. Now, Vadbunker's mother told KTLA that Lash had convinced her daughter and Nebron employees that he was some type of alien or human-alien hybrid, quote, sent to Earth to protect us. Hence the firearms. God complex. (laughs) In Sedona, there is the Hybrid Children Community, which is a group that claims their children were fathered by aliens. An active member of the group from Sedona says she has 10 of these galactic children. She says she draws photos of them because they aren't living on our planet. (laughs) She needs medicine. That's a, I think there's a real website for that, so we should try to get one of them on. Uh, no? I mean, yeah, definitely, but I don't know about all that. I'm all for it. Another question for you guys. Ponder this one. Do you think there is a breakaway government or civilization known as the greater community? Like I said, reading Len Kasson's book, there is the possibility of a Mars slave colony, so that counts as kind of a breakaway civilization i guess you would say but if you're talking alien type of breakaway colony or breakaway community breakaway civilization probably not what if they were under the mantle would we really count them as breakaway though because breakaway is is saying that they were once a part of our civilization it could be possible that they were part of our civilization at once if they are a civilization living in the hollow earth now weird little fish frog things and we were you know little fishes and we were part of the same weird little strange post-meteorite civilization and then they broke away with their evolution underground Hmm. well think about what the mars slave colonies every time that's mentioned you hear the galactic federation so if there is a quote galactic federation i would imagine if there is some portion of humans living amongst other civilizations whether it be on other planets or extrasolar maybe even the claims of intergalactic travel who knows i think the breakaway civilization one is is very interesting if you could nominate one person on the planet to be Earth's representative on the Galactic Federation, who's it going to be? Like, your vote is the only vote that matters. Your vote gets them on the board. Ooh. Board of directors. Ooh, they run man. the galaxy. I don't want to go first. I'm going Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell is my... <laughs> Will Ferrell? That's my nomination. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I don't personally think that it should be an actor or celebrity at all. <laughs> Fair. I also don't think that it should be any politician uh, mm. worldwide that goes across the world. Honestly, the only one that really makes sense to me would probably be the Dalai Lama. Realistically, who else would go up and say great things about us and speak <laughs> in such a way that isn't going to make people or other civilizations look at us as morons? That takes mine out of the equation then. Why? What's yours? I said Will Ferrell. Don't don't get discouraged. I was going to say Keanu Reeves. Will <laughs> he is the one. Does the government know about these entities and or civilizations? 
most likely with events like Roswell and Kecksburg, where they had government personnel on the scene very fast. On February 20th of 1954, President Dwight Eisenhower interrupted his vacation in Palm Springs, California to make a secret nocturnal trip to a nearby Air Force base to meet two extraterrestrial aliens. I heard this story. This was a very interesting mm. one. I don't know. If they do let any of the presidents in on it, I think they get a very small sliver because you got to keep in mind these people are in, in office, in power for eight years tops. And if you pick the wrong guy, that could be a huge liability for somebody that's not in office for very, very long to give them like that sort of information. Donald Trump was the closest one. Presidents don't get told shit. They don't get told nothing. But Donald Trump was the closest one to say, yeah, I saw some stuff, but I can't talk about it. Yeah, He's the only I, one to not deny. I, I can't say anything. I, I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> He's talking out of his ass. Yeah. I don't know if I believe that. Like of all of all the presidents. <laughs> right. Okay, so listen, I'm just saying, think of all the presidents that have existed since Roswell. And then nobody gets the behind the curtain look. <laughs> nobody gets the or maybe they all do. Who knows? But in this scenario, none of them have seen anything. None of them know anything. The shadow government is not giving them any kind of information whatsoever because, like you said, they're temporary. And then all of a sudden, one day they go, let's give it to Trump. Let's bring let's him in. It. He's the one that needs to be here. Top classification. All goes to Trump. Didn't Bill Clinton, didn't didn't he get real close and there was a point in Bill Clinton's presidency where they had to tell him to stop asking? That's what he said on a talk show. He was being interviewed and they always ask. Every president that comes on as a guest on these shows, they're always like, oh, what do you know about Area 51? What have they told you about aliens? You know, it's like the big laughing stock of late night television when it comes to <laughs> the behind the scenes of what the presidents get to know and learn. Dude, you're about to get JFK'd, bro. You better relax, man. I think I know the answer to this question, but do you think Hillary Clinton has more VIP access to things than Bill does? Yes. Yes. She wears the pantsuit in that relationship. She does. In Eisenhower's meeting with these extraterrestrials, the Nordics offered to share their superior technology and their spiritual wisdom with him if he would agree to eliminate America's nuclear weapons. Now, the president did not give up our nukes, so he reached a deal with another race, the Greys. He made a compromise, allowing them to capture every earthling, cattle, and humans for medical experiments, provided that they return the humans home safely and sound. Tuck them in before they went to bed. Pepperoni eye, the, the cow's ears and cheeks and... Yeah, you can only perform experiments on the cattle if you chop them up like fucking deli meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Th those are interesting, hearing about you know the president's meeting and saying, nah, nah, I'm not giving up my bombs. In the 21st century, we've had multiple Navy pilots and other military officials stating the existence of craft in our airspace and in our waters. They actually say there's more activity under the water than there is in the sky which is mm. fucking crazy. We also had the lackluster hearings last year and this year in Congress, but I guess it's progress, right? They didn't really talk about much. Every time they said something really sensitive, they go, that's for the closed hearing. 
And like we said before, most, if not all, religions have deities that seem alien in origin and superior technology delivered to Earth, I guess you could call them ancient astronauts, were perceived as evidence of a divine status by early people. Misinterpretation, actual visitation, that's what they've been trying to figure out for 18 fucking seasons on the History Channel, <laughs> I guess. You know that there's people that have no idea what ancient aliens is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that crazy? One example is shared among many cultures, and that is the cosmic egg. The Greeks, Egyptians, Phoenicians, Dogon, Polynesians, all have been known to show symbolism of this egg. Not to mention the astronaut. There's always some sort of representation of a god or a deity carrying some sort of bag with them. And that goes mm-hmm. across many different cultures. There is the, the ships. There's plenty of, of depictions of beings inside of ships. Most notably like a Mayan stone cutout of a man inside of like a pod and he has like tubes going up his nose and he's got a backpack on and he's definitely encased in like this thing. He's sitting in a seat. There's a lot of those examples. I think one of the big ones that I noticed, you know, the big giant light bulb looking things that the Egyptian gods are holding where it looks like a filament on the inside, but it could be a representation of that as well. That brings us to our Reddit section. In this section, we have combed over the subreddits of Reddit to find some interesting little tidbits to bring to the conversation. Make you scratch your head a little bit. This first one was posted by user I am God, I am free. Beautiful all American user. <laughs> Since the harmonic convergence in 1987, there has been a specific space task force assembled by Tholian Luciferians and the members of the Galactic Federation to fully control the information given to the awakening population for the purpose of complete takeover of the New Age Ascension and Disclosure Movement. Did you get all that? Great. A comprehensive, multiple-pronged, militarized approach was organized in order to gather and collect all of the technological and human resources that would be necessary to build an extensive artificial neurological network with silent sound technology. I am God, I am free. You have a beautiful mind. It's literally fucking word soup. That is like alphabet soup. This dude took two cans of alphabet soup, threw it on his fucking kitchen floor, took a picture, translated it into English, and put it on Reddit. I'm sorry. No, this is beautiful speech right here. This is the pinnacle of the fucking English language right here on Reddit. You can find it here on our show. This would be used to target star seeds and indigos, as well as control all transmissions of channeled material that would be sent to the awakening population in the guise of friendly ETs, ascended masters, and even deceased famous figures in human history, aka Michael Jackson. Fucking Tupac's coming back. During the ascension cycle, many of us have gathered on the earth to find out the truth to reveal the true memories and accurate histories that have been stolen from humanity and to find out exactly who is accountable for these tragic events in which the minds, identities, and spiritual bodies of the souls of Terra were absconded with 
damaged and used in a consciousness prison. They go on to say the prison acts as an energetic farm in which to power up an assortment of artificial realities for a gang of psychopathic and parasitic bullies, such as the Luciferian Anunnaki and the Galactic Federation. Mm. Along with an unholy alliance made with an assortment of neighboring, intruding, non-terrestrial groups that are willing to participate in a galactic human slave trade and barter for Earth's resources. This man is on fire right now. I'm picking up a really religious approach, which is kind of cool because most people that are like heavily religious and like very, very devout are pretty close minded to this sort of thing. So to see them approach it in that sort of manner is pretty cool. Well, he's taken almost a satanic approach, like which goes hand in hand with some of the reptilian conspiracy. Yeah, for sure. There is one other thing little different that I found on Reddit that we will post the picture of this. But there is a picture I found that is called the Reptilian Invasion Timeline Current Objectives. Quickly, timeline memories surfacing into the mass planetary consciousness fields as species memories returns, dimensional field collapse, core Atlantean seed conflict, misuse of technology, personal will versus divine source plan. The Atlantis flood began alien invasion in 9600 BC. Stonehenge 11D gate takeover unplugged our DNA after 5,500 years ago, scrambled our cellular alphabet. 5D wormhole invasion began 5,000 years ago in Saqqara, Egypt. Current primary objective is 3D mind control, terrorism, or cataclysm through a seed invasion fear to replay the Atlantean program. Finally, human power elite used to control planetary resources for negative alien agenda, stealing life force through satanic ritual abuse. It always comes back to satanic rituals. All right, gentlemen, this is a very interesting episode of Ancient Aliens. I would like to know your final thoughts when it comes to the alien agenda. Are we screwed? Declassified, Dave? This is one of those conspiracy theories that's almost I've moved the needle over to being more of a reality for many, many years. I've always thought that there's something about us that was probably manipulated in the past to make us us not saying I'm discrediting the evolutionary process completely, but there probably was some tampering. Human beings are very, very, very interesting and unique creatures on this planet. I think, if you want me to get really conspiratorial, I think that we're probably being run by some reptilian agenda. People probably think I'm fucking crazy now. But I think that's what's happening. I think alien abductions are real, whatever the entities are. I don't think every single person is lying, and it must be pretty traumatic. With, when it comes to the genetic modification, just mention that, and the government definitely fucking knows what's up. And if there is a galactic federation, that's why we have Space Force, everybody. I could go on and on about my final thoughts on this, but I'll let you guys weigh in. I personally believe that aliens have visited us in the past and also probably currently do, but definitely within our ancient cultures have played a big part. It's kind of evident within things that are left behind unless we're completely misinterpreting all the signs and symbolism and hieroglyphs and everything that we read and see that maybe 
pertaining to star people or aliens or gods or deities or the Anunnaki. I find it kind of odd that we're able to pick out different species. And I always find it kind of funny when some ufologist or theorist comes out and says, yeah, there's definitely 11 species of aliens. I take those words with a grain of salt, honestly. But I would say they're definitely around and they exist. And that's pretty much where I'll leave it. Slick Frank Sanders, tell us your final thoughts on the alien agenda. Frog's final thoughts. This tends to happen to me a lot, in case you guys haven't noticed. I have my set opinions on the majority of these topics before we record them because I've been into this shit for a really long time. And then we actually sit down and talk about it for two hours and it gets me really thinking and it kind of turns my prior opinion into muddled soup and kind of rips it apart and stitches together something new. I don't think that there's this whole entire alien agenda to manipulate the planet i definitely think that aliens visited ancient cultures that's obvious it leaves me with the question as to why we as a culture haven't witnessed this great appearance of any alien species like why were they ready and we're not that's a huge mystery of it they could have engineered our dna here or there but we don't go to ant colonies looking to change their world. Like we research them and dissect them, but that's not because we want to genetically modify them so that they can do better in the rainforest. I don't know if there's an entire grand plan from any reptilians or greys. There definitely could be. There, there definitely could be, but I'm not going to say definitely that there is. I believe in aliens. I believe that they visited us and that they continue to, but I don't think that there's any sort of grand plan. All right, Hushlings. That is going to conclude our episode on the alien agenda. Was there anything that we missed? Is there anything that we should have discussed? Did we leave the probe in the sphincter? Unclench. (laughs) Did we worship the wrong sky god? Let us know your thoughts on this topic and so much more. Anything else you want to say to us? If you just want to reach out, touch someone, reach out to us at our email, as always, at contact at hushhushsociety.com. Email us your experiences if you've had an abduction experience, if you're so comfortable. We don't have to read it, but I would like to read it myself. Oh, I would love that. Just send us stuff. We'll make an entire episode out of things that you send us. We would love that. Send us your own cryptid erotica. Yes, yes. Send us the best cryptid erotica script. Hushling (laughs) suggested cryptid erotica scripts. Oh my god. (laughs) Hushlings, come hang with us on Monday, October 3rd, where we enter the household of the Manson family and get into the minds of one of California's cult leaders who led its members to murder. Another exclusive debriefing will be available Thursday, October 20th, as we board a Malaysia Airlines flight and investigate the disappearance of Flight MH370, only on Patreon. And of course, be sure to tune in to our 60th debriefing live on Facebook, Monday, October 24th. 
we will be talking a topic and a new secret society, as we usually do. That's at the usual time, same bat channel, same bat time, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, Monday, October 24th, on our Facebook group. Make sure you join over there. Well, thank you again for attending another debriefing of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Sir Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.